Hey, it's Barbara Phillips with NPBO, and I wanted to give you a heads up on a webinar that we have coming up Thursday, May 16th, and it will be with a certified healthcare privacy person who has been in charge of a very large healthcare organization and their privacy compliance, HIPAA, and all of that sort of thing. And I think it's very important that all clinicians attend this one because HIPAA affects all of us. And so you can get more information about that at npbusiness.org forward slash privacy matters. And just another quick heads up after that, in June, we'll be talking with someone who has been in charge of the IT compliance to protect the organization. And so this one will be geared toward how do you protect yourself as well as your practice. And I'll be sharing more information about that later. So let's move on with the podcast. Do you ever get a request to treat your friends, your family, or your staff? Now, many providers get these requests on a regular basis in the office or at some social event. But should we do that? Should we say yes? Well, that's the topic of discussion on today's NP Business Matter podcast, episode number 72. Should you provide medical services to your friends, family, or staff? Hello and welcome to the NP Business Matters podcast, the show that's dedicated to helping nurse practitioners just like you succeed in business. I'm your host, Barbara C. Phillips, founder of Nurse Practitioner Business Owner. And since 2007, we've been working with you on the business of being a nurse practitioner, providing education, resources, and support as you start, grow, and operate your own practice. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or just getting started, this podcast is designed to help you navigate the challenges and the opportunities of running your own practice. I'll cover a wide range of topics from startup and finance to marketing and operations. I invite you to subscribe and listen to each episode for tips, insights, how-tos that you need to succeed. To learn more about NPBO and our resources, visit us at npbusiness.org. This particular session was inspired by an NPBO member who was looking for a policy on treating her staff in her practice. And of course, it's something that I've been faced with, and I have seen many discussions of other providers, both nurse practitioners, physicians, and others, being approached with this and wondering the best way to approach it. So I decided to dive into this and take a a bigger look at what the issues really are. Now, there's a lot of pros and cons of treating our friends and family as well as our staff. And like anything else, the answer is complicated. It's, It's not just a simple yes or no. And we need to take a look at it particularly in terms of the ethical and legal ramifications of the choices that we make. Now, of course, I'm not an ethicist, I am not an attorney, but that information is out there on how it can potentially impact you. So I'm going to share with you what I have found. So let's take a look at the pros and the cons, mostly the cons of treating our friends, family, and employees. It's likely there is not a healthcare provider around who hasn't been approached by 
friends, acquaintances, and family members asking for advice or even treatment when we're at some kind of a family gathering, a sporting event, some kind of a community event. In fact, if you watch any movies, you'll see this happening over and over again when there is a healthcare provider, people coming up and saying, oh, can I just ask you this question? Can I get your advice on this? Would you take a quick look at this rash, this mole, this sore, this bump, whatever it may be? Perhaps even on a late Friday afternoon, a family member or perhaps an employee comes to us and says, Johnny has been sick all week, but I can't get him into his primary. Can you take a quick look? I'm sure all he needs is an antibiotic. And heck, we've had patients who have said that to us, right? It's also not uncommon for our staff members to stop us in the hallway to ask all the same types of questions that we get from other people. And you know what? We're trained professionals and we can honor those requests, but we really need to stop and think about, should we? And this is something we need to think about before it happens the next time. We need to take into account if we should say yes, what are the implications to us as professionals, both legally and ethically? Now, let's start this discussion about treating your staff in your practice, because a lot of it is going to apply to friends and family and acquaintances as well. There's a lot of pros when you are going to offer to treat staff in your practice. It's generally appropriate for clinics to provide medical treatment to their own staff, right? as long as we are qualified to do so and have the appropriate policies and procedures in place, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about. And many larger clinics and healthcare facilities have a designated area for employee health. They'll have a whole department for employee health where staff can receive basic medical care, such as vaccines and wound care and other routine treatments. And this can help ensure that your staff is able to receive timely and convenient care, which can improve their health and reduce the absenteeism in your practice. Now, usually in this kind of a situation, though, it's not you, but it is employee health who is treating the staff member, and they will have a whole host of policies and procedures set up and systems set up to make sure that that patient, that employee patient has the confidentiality that they need. It's totally separate from what you're doing. It can certainly be a cost-effective way to provide employee health benefits to your staff as well. However, unless we are a larger clinic, a a large run clinic that has a, a separate employee health division, in my opinion, when we're providing healthcare to our friends and family and staff beyond those emergencies or quick look to confirm that they need to be seen in urgent care ER by the PCP or somebody else, in other words, you are simply triaging them, then my answer is no. Now, just because it's my answer doesn't mean it needs to be your answer, but, but let's take a look at why I think it's not a great solution for people. First of all, when we see somebody in the hallway or in a closet at a party, 
just for some semblance of privacy, we are practicing outside the confines of a formal patient-provider relationship. When we stop to quickly assess somebody or something, we are not doing so in a professional manner. We don't have a chart. We don't have a history. We don't have a medication list. We don't have all the data points that we need. We're lacking there. So it's almost impossible to appropriately make that diagnosis, that assessment of what may be going on when we don't have all the data points that we would have in that clinic. And certainly you're not going to have those data points when you are on a softball field or in a hallway. Now, if it's somebody that we work with, or perhaps a family member, maybe they don't want to disclose something that they view as sensitive or embarrassing information. And of course, that means we still aren't getting all of the data in order to make an appropriate decision. Quick visits also do not lend themselves to proper documentation, which can be really vital later on, especially if there is some sort of litigation later, as there has been, and and that has come in in some of the cases that I have read. Then, of course, there is the issue of privacy, which is huge. Now, if you have a staff member that you're treating and they're in your system as a proper patient, the way that they should be if you're going to be treating them, there may be a temptation on their part or perhaps on your part to omit certain information to maintain that privacy. We all know that sometimes curiosity gets the best of people and a staff member may be curious to see what's happening with their coworker. Of course, you can have this same scenario if you are treating a family member of a staff person. So perhaps, you know, the mother wants you to see her daughter. And so the daughter came in to see you about something But the mother is the person who wants to control everything. And she's going to look up her daughter's chart to see what she has talked to you about. And that, of course, is assuming that you have taken the time to document it and not left it out because you realize that this may be an issue for that mother-daughter relationship and the confidentiality there. Another issue is something called affection bias. And I didn't really, myself, I didn't really realize that this was a thing, but it is. It's where we make the cognitive error. It's something that most of us may not even be aware of. So we as people, as the provider, can overlook something or think that it's not important because this couldn't be happening to our loved one. I absolutely hate to admit it, but I had this lesson myself that I have never, ever forgotten. I was not the provider in this case, but I was the the sister who was the healthcare provider. And I remember vividly talking with the critical care physician and everything that she was telling me. However, we were talking about my sister. And so when I was asked by the rest of my family, I had said, no, no, she's going to be fine. You know, they had time to travel to get to her, et cetera, et cetera. Well, of course I was wrong. And nobody had time to get there before she passed. And 
you know, again, that's something you don't forget. But while that is a dramatic example, we all make cognitive errors because we think we have the data. We think we have that information. And other times people will assume that we know what they're talking about as well. So we have to keep that in mind. And issues have come up about that. And there is, there was some litigation on using this very real thing and somebody not picking up on something that was actually more serious. Depending on the issue, there may be a need to dispense medication to this patient, perhaps some samples or maybe even controlled substances. And in both cases, that can lead to a whole host of additional confidentiality issues and potentially some legal issues as well. There are other issues that may come up that are both ethical and legal issues at the same time. So for instance, this past year, I spoke with a nurse practitioner who was treating a coworker who was also a provider in the clinic. Now, the patient provider, so the provider who was the patient, apparently had substance substance abuse issues and was using while treating patients. She was an impaired provider. According to the state rules in her particular state, she was mandated to report this to the board. However, at the same time, she's mandated by HIPAA not to disclose patient health information. And I had discussed this with uh, an attorney as well. And this, this provider was really caught between a rock and a hard place in terms of what could be done. So as I dug further into this topic, I did run across some various articles, which I'm going to link to in the show notes at npbusiness.org forward slash 72. One of the articles that I ran across was about a physician who was sued for an incorrect diagnosis that resulted from a quick visit. And there wasn't the proper documentation or testing done, and it resulted in some harm to this patient. While NPs are not bound by the American Medical Association Code of Ethics, it is worth noting that they do suggest that physicians limit the care to emergency treatment of minor problems in their area of expertise. Furthermore, the American College of Physicians suggests that physicians avoid treating those close to them, including themselves and employees. Now, these guidelines may come into play if there are issues down the line and somebody brings it up in a court of law. As far as I could find in the ANA guidelines on ethics, there wasn't anything that talked about us treating our staff, employees, family, friends, etc. But however, we haven't been looked at traditionally within the ANA as as providers. So that just may be something that will come down the line. One thing that you may want to think about is if you are drafting your own policies 
and procedures to see friends, family, or staff in your practice, and you're putting everything together that you need in order to do this, you may want to reach out to your malpractice carrier and find out if there are any limitations in there about doing that. Sometimes you'll see, even within your state rules about uh, treating yourself, um, and family and friends, uh, less likely you're going to see that one, but it, there may be something there and there may also be something with your insurance carrier. So that is something to look into. So really what's the answer here? I don't know. I mean, my personal bias is to say no to these things, but it really depends on you and your situation, your comfort level, and ha- and ultimately how you want to run your practice. You have your own practice so that you can make those choices about what you're wanting to do. If you choose to see um, friends, family, and staff in your practice, then you definitely want to have those written policies and procedures keeping in mind confidentiality and that sort of thing for your practice. And if you are looking to do this because, you know, darn it, you can't afford the high cost of a, of a regular health insurance policy uh, for your staff and you want to do this as a benefit, one of the things that you might want to consider instead is using something like a direct primary care practice. It's an option that you can purchase a monthly membership to a a primary care clinic and pay for that. That will save you literally thousands of dollars a month in the cost of a policy. And it will give your employees access to a primary provider on a regular and as needed basis. And there are all kinds of nurse practitioner and physician owned DPC practices out there. Likely there's some in your area as well. So again, I don't have an answer for you, but I would love to hear what you think. Have you run into this in your practice? Have you created a policy and procedure around this? Have you run into any problems? Let me know over at the show notes. That's npbusiness.org forward slash 71, because I'd love to hear from you on this. And this is a great topic of conversation for those of us in practice. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the NP Business Matters podcast, for sharing our show, for rating us, leaving us great reviews, because I certainly appreciate it. And that's how more nurse practitioners find out about the podcast and learn about the business of being a nurse practitioner. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode of the NP Business Matters podcast. Bye-bye now.